What up, freedom-loving people of the world, the UK, the USA, tuning in. Today we're going to do a treatment of the general election that just happened in the UK yesterday and was counted last night. And what else? This is episode 50. 50. 50, 50. The big 5-0. The big 5-0 of the Scottish Liberty podcast. Tam was recently... 50 years old himself Indeed. so if you want to send him a present you can uh, get our details yeah something um, that make me look more youthful i was <laughs> i walked from the bus station here today and uh, i was looking in the windows as i was walking along the street and i thought who's that old guy stalking me um yeah it's not good coming on here so yes but anyway anyway there's so many reasons to, to be celebrate good times Surely not, surely not. Right. You know, Theresa May failed to get a majority. That means the lefties are cock a hoop uh, with delight. However, the fact of the matter is they didn't do well. well. Right. Um, also, I just want to mention the show is a year old. Episode 50, the show's a year old. I'm 50. Well, I'm going to make that a good thing, even though it's maybe not necessarily. Life begins at 50. Does it get any better? It does. It does get. It does get any better because we've got an addition of our podcast. So, the Tories, the Conservative Party, for those of you in the states, yeah. did not get a majority in Parliament. They failed to do that by getting maybe yeah. ten seats. They were ten seats short of a yeah. majority. The gamble did not pay off. They had to form a coalition with the DUP, which and is they will be forming a coalition with the DUP, uh, Democratic Unionist Party of Ulster. And what what are they into? What are they all about? They're into Ulster. A lot. They always say no. Uh, to anything progressive, oh, that's probably a good thing. Anything progressive, uh, they're basically conservatives. Okay, um, you had you know the conservative, the, the, the full title of the Tory party is the Conservative and Unionist Party of Great Britain, right? So, um, the DUP are unionists, but there was some fallout a while back just because I think it dates back to the, the, the first. Uh, home rule thing of, of Northern Ireland with the first storm in Parliament and things like that, and the falling out with the, the British over uh, over the whole Irish question. However, they're they're basically just conservatives, but uh, sort of ramped up to eleven because there's a religious aspect. Most democratic unionists, I would hazard a guess, maybe even all democratic unionists are Syrian Protestants. Yeah. So this. Um, Ulster Protestants. Election in particular was one of the most prominent examples of uh, turd sandwich versus great giant douche. Yeah. I'm not sure which, which, one's was which, the, yeah. which one was which, but. Perhaps our viewers could let us know. From a libertarian perspective, at least. And listeners. And our, the, the perspective of our listeners, um, neither was a particularly good option for liberty minded people. No. That might shock. Mm -hmm. uh, those left wingers listening into this. I was so shocked. Oh, my hair fell out. Um, Corbyn was bringing a grassroots revolution. But um, here's the thing Corbyn was looking pretty good on foreign policy, and he has a far better record for civil liberties than most members of his mm -hmm. own party. Okay. Could um, you give us an example of that? Well, he would say be one of the people who was against detention without trial uh, and uh, the ID cards um, uh, in favour of game, allowing gay marriage okay. and generally a sort of liberty 
minded person when it comes to the civil stuff. He did. But was he liberty? I can just was he liberty minded in terms of people that he felt sympathy for? I mean, would he be against internment and all these other things if it was extreme right terrorists or extreme right wingers who were, you know, we don't we don't really have that information because okay. there's been no test case, but it seems like he's an old he's an old lefty. Yeah. And for them it was kind of a principle. Now that might be dated back to when they mm. saw themselves as in the minority, so freedom okay. of speech was a very important thing to them. But you know, the old left they're quite different from the, the new left. I think the biggest difference is that uh, the old left saw wealth as a good thing, yeah. whereas the new left think it's wealth that's destroying the environment and mm -hmm. all that inequality and, oh, we live such shallow, uh, meaningful, con meaningless, consumerist lives. I know I do. Yeah, right. So I think he was a principled person. I think he was a good person. What, even though I disagree with him fervently on economic issues, what I think is the most disappointing thing about the election is given that we had a card-carrying socialist, yeah. not um, namby-pamby, third-way fences. No, 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 not Tory light. In the yeah. Labour Party, what I was hoping for is that this would spark off a big debate in this country about capitalism versus socialism, which of course it didn't do. No, it's because been, the left think they've won that debate already. But the but the um, the conservatives didn't even show up to the fight. They could have because they're ashamed of capitalism. <laughs> the, yeah, the conservative yeah, party it seems like a joke, does. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. Right. Here's my point. See, conservatives are wrong when they say. Well, capitalism isn't a perfect system, but it's the best we've got, or it's the most successful we've got. Okay. They're wrong. Capitalism is not the most successful system. It's the only successful system. Even countries yeah. that have a mixed economy are only successful because of the capitalist part of the economy. All of the countries that have tried to abolish free markets have ended up having to have some form of exchange. Lenin made a bunch of comp uh, compromises in the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union would have collapsed without markets. The only reason why countries like Cuba and Venezuela survive at all is because they have some form of free exchange. In right. other words, capitalism. So please, conservatives, stop saying that capitalism is the most successful system. It's not. It's the only successful system. All hybrid systems only work because they have a capitalist element to it. So that's my rant. I just want to get okay, that out there. Um, so what we right. needed, what we really needed in this country as a conservative, who, by the way, I've never What we needed voted. in this country was stable and what was it? Leadership? What was it? It's Theresa May has been bang, banging on about for the last Stable thing. leadership. Yeah, stable it? and consistent leadership or something like that. But anyway, we didn't get that, you know, um, because she's... Uh, and there was, I, I was, I don't know if you, you listen to the election results as they no, come in last night. No, 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 no. I would have, I did what I'd much rather do, which is go to a bar and speak to strangers. Okay. Um, and female the, strangers? Some, uh, some of them female, mm. some of them male. Okay. But yeah. you, you know, you just never know. You mm -hmm. just never know. Now, well, you never know whether they're male or female. Well, nowadays with all these uh, trigger warnings and social justice and blah, 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 okay. you might get in that situation. My point is um, that what we really needed was the Conservatives to come out and bring the facts to bear yeah. on Singapore, Hong Kong, 
um, India, China, and just really ha they could have won if they hammered home this. This guy's a proper hardcore socialist, and and just used facts, yeah. reason instead of evidence. derision. And the the, the labor um, opposition was so weak mm. that it made the conservatives shitter than they already are and have yeah. been. And I think that the point is that with pressure with strong opposition Theresa may would have had to sell conservatism differently she yeah. could have said we represent a new form of conservatism we don't want the government to be in bed with big business we want the government out your personal life yeah. you know a sort of old school american style conservatism yeah. as opposed to the corporate crony the the conservatives are really great at living up to their reputation as a bunch of elitists who don't care about the poor and just serve the interests of the rich and powerful that is the reputation they have and they do nothing at all to fight it. Yeah. People need to hear the compassionate face of free market capitalism. They need to hear the statistics on poverty and how capitalism is solving poverty all yeah. over the world and so forth. So there's my my first couple of rants. Over to okay. you. Well, uh, well I, I, I tend to agree. The only thing I would say that, that, I'm, uh, that, that sort of intrigues me about this uh, DUP thing. Now, traditionally, uh, Sinn Féin returns seven candidates in Ulster. Sinn Féin, which is basically used to be the political wing of the old uh, provisional IRA. Um, and so they traditionally, although they, they, they take the, uh, they win seats in the UK Parliament, they don't take those seats up. That's been the principle. Uh, up until now. I'm just wondering with the DUP uh, going to be forming, uh, you know, part of you know, the government with the Tories, jumping in the bed with the Tories mm. uh, to form, uh, to get the majority. I'm wondering if, uh, because Corbyn has links with Sinn Féin, because he's mm. been sympathetic to Sinn Féin, because he's been sympathetic even to the IRA in the past, I'm just wondering if uh, the Sinn Féin might not, you know, sort of decide for once to take up their seats in parliament to mm. see if they can you know offset that dup thing I mean, it's only seven mps but it's it's another seven sort of voice oh yeah we're back sorry for that cut out yeah sorry that was but, obviously but mi5 uh, interfering with our broadcast well the thing is uh, we've got more viewers online now than when we first excellent so instead of losing a viewer we got one See, there's a thing. The world's full of unexpected uh, circumstances. You know, uh, today, you know, uh, Theresa May, she thought she was going to win a uh, huge style, and uh, and then lost her deposit. Uh, lost her deposit. Lost her majority. Um, and now we thought we were going to lose all our watchers. Oh no, we're back down to eight again. We're spooked. Okay. We're spooked. Number nine. Okay, so okay, what, so we're talking so about Theresa May. Theresa May was sounding autocratic and she basically autocratic. like she was going to do it all. When, when if you look at her record on civil liberties, it's pretty it's fucking pretty terrible. Bad. It's pretty So awful. she is an autocrat. Yeah. She uh, alienated the fuck out of me when she said we have to be on guard for the libertarian right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which, by the way, I actually hold Labour kind of to blame for this because if Labour were providing a strong opposition to the Conservatives, the Conservatives would have to adopt 
more libertarian policies to be modern, to be contemporary. They need to... They well, you would think that, but I don't know that they automatically would. Okay, they might I not. mean, there's been a stronger Labour opposition in the past, and I don't think that's been Yeah, but that's the thing. But they didn't have to go free mark, but... They didn't have to go full Rothbard. They didn't have to go full Rothbard, because uh, in those Rothbard. days, no one knew, knew, no one knew the difference. Okay. But people have access to information. I think it was a political blunder because libertarianism is on the rise and especially on the rise amongst the young. So if she wants to look after the future of the party, she needs to say, you know, we're not um, we're not Puritans. We're not traditionalist conservatives. We're we're, you know, we're free marketeers. We, we want an even playing field. And I don't know. I think Theresa May lost because because the Labour opposition was so poor, the Tories did not put their back into the election. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they, I, they completely underestimated Jeremy Corbyn exactly. and they completely overestimated uh, the, their own ability to win. And I, I disagree with you. I think uh, that it was uh, that she didn't need to call the election. I actually thought it was an excellent decision. Okay. Because. Well, it turns Labour, out it wasn't that. Well, yeah, that's because they didn't fight it. <laughs> Labour was really weak when she called the election, so it was an excellent way to win if they if they turned up to the fight. Yeah, but they didn't need to do it in order to achieve it. Right, the, the whole thing was, was Brexit, hard Brexit, well, let's I get it done. And, get it. I thought and, it was yeah, to get, get legitimacy because she wasn't But she elected. had legitimacy, right. Well, she wasn't well, elected. So. But there's a precedent for this. Ted Heath done this before, you know, and everybody mentioned this. Well, I certainly mentioned it before this election, look, there's a precedent here. She could end up losing her majority. And this. she did. And she did. You well, know, because Ted Heath, that Ted Heath, well, this is to see, I, you know, I want to be confident, you know, to see who's running the country. And the, the electorate went, well, we thought you were, you know, and clearly you, you, you're not. So I think she should have just took the thing by the scruff of the neck and went ahead, you know? Okay. Uh, all this idea which didn't have any legitimacy, does she have legitimacy now? Well, Yes, and yeah, I agree. I agree. She could have. She could have been a better fighter, right? But what what I'm I'm noticing is this, uh, you know, the swelling of sentiment on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. It's been such a bore. Sorry if I'm a bit bored of politics, uh, but people really still are still invested in changing the world through political action. And as uh, my friend Darren said, look. If you want your life to be good, you ain't going to get it by ticking a box, by putting no, a cross in a box. Not, you I need agree. to make your life good. But what I, but people have so much faith that if you just get the right person into power, mm -hmm. things are going to change for the better. So I've got a riddle for you, right? And I feel like everyone who's going to vote should be asked this question, okay. right? One of these. By the way, just I spoiled my ballot. Okay. Yeah. I, I voted actually. I voted for the Liberal Democrats because they seemed the least worst out of my out of my possible options. Um but they Get also out. they also had no chance of winning in my constituency, so it was a real protest okay. vote. Okay. So what so who's the worst? Who's worse here? I spoiled I, my ballot. He be, voted for the like, I used no to be a complete agorist before I met this asshole, and he pulled me back into political action. Blame me, man. Yeah. I blame have you, you no agency? Have you no, no agency? Right, no, okay. I, I, I'm That's just, the feminine side. I, I'm just, I've just been shaped by society. I'm like Marx's proletarian. You're just clay. You're just putty it, in society's the, hands. It's the material uh, 
forces. Could have made a better job. It's, it's the material forces of production which uh, molded my personality in accordance with right. my class interests. Okay, society right. is to blame. Do you know this? Do you know that Marx basically believed that the type of um, tools they were using to produce goods in a society were basically going to be the defining features and uh, shaping people's uh, no. personalities. Uh, yeah, I also know that he said, these are my principles and if you don't like them, I have some more. Sorry, that's the wrong marks. It's kind of an insane Great possession when you consider that the material forces of production are created by the human mind. So how can they create the human mind, uh, mind boggles? So, okay, one of these things is impossible, right? Tax more, spend more. Tax less, spend less. Tax more, spend less. Or tax less and spend more. Which of those four things is impossible? I've already forgot what the first three were. In fact, now I've forgot what the last one was. Right. So then go through them again. You could tax more and spend more. You could tax less and spend less. You could tax more and spend less. Or you could tax less and spend more. One of those is impossible. Tax less, spend more? Well, see, you'd think that, but right. actually it's a trick I'm, question. I fucking knew that. Both, I, I knew it would be, right? Both, both of the options... God, I hate that. Both of the options that say spend less are impossible because it's right. impossible for governments to spend less. Because the whole institution of government is vested in giving people favors in order to win votes or campaign contributions you never stand to gain from spending less well i guess i've got something to say on that go on uh all through the night the reports were coming in uh, every constituency but especially guess where the university towns right record numbers of young people especially students are all coming out and who were they voting for jeremy Corbyn. why because he wanted to give them free tuition. There you go. So if there was ever an argument against democracy, this election's it. It's because, anger. Yeah, it's absolutely loot. We, we will promise to thieve money from other people and give it to you if you vote for us. It is That's so democracy But for don't you. you think that the Conservatives could do a much better job if they came out and said, look, you can get your free education, but it's going to be really poor because there's no market forces at work or competition. We want you to get a great education. We want you to get a cheap education. Yeah, online. And our way of doing that is by allowing more people to open universities so that there's market competition. Tu tuition fees will become we will be coming way, way, way down of what they are now when the universities have to compete to offer places and the standard of tuition will go up. You know, but they, but, but you they never as, say things like no, that. No, because, because, because what you do that. That's right, because what you might as well say is, don't you think the Conservatives could do a better job as if they just became, were, became libertarians? Yeah. You know, yes, they could. You know, and that's that's the problem. And they're not going to become libertarians. You know, they, they, they flirt with it. You know, they talk shit about it. And, you know, I've got a rant coming on there, like, yeah. because, like, you know, you've got here in Scotland, we call them libertarians, right? You know, and they just, they won't, you know, all these young fogies, you know. <laughs> you and McCarty. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> you know, yeah, getting a bit with fucking barber jackets on. You're like, you know, 21-year-old guys with barber jackets and flat caps and fucking brown brogues, you know. Uh, you know, young fogey bastards, you know, going on about, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the virtues of conservatism. It's bollocks. Guys wake up you're in a socialist party 
You're actually in a socialist party. If you want to get libertarian, you know, it doesn't matter how libertarian you think you can influence the Conservative Party to be, it just won't do it. All that conservative wing of the Scottish Libertarian, uh, of the Scottish uh, Conservative Party, it's not going to matter at all. Your leader, Ruth Davidson, and don't get me wrong, she's done a spectacular job in Scotland of getting people elected, but they only done that by swinging to the left. You know, they ain't swinging to the right and by cashing in on the unionist vote as well. Okay, we're going to remain part of the UK. I've got a question as well for you Libertarians. How pro-union would you be if Jeremy Corbyn had have won this election? What would you think then if suddenly we were plunged into a dark age of a socialist government, a proper socialist government in power in, uh, in Westminster? Where would you, how, how pro-union would be then? I'm just curious how pro-union you would be then. Um, so this is the excuse uh, a lot of Scottish Conservatives give for not being uh, libertarians. Oh, you know, it's your stance in Scottish independence and blah, blah, blah. But good news uh, on Scottish independence front and in Scotland, although the, the, the Scottish Tories won uh, many more seats here, the SNP lost uh 17 17 seats i don't know there was quite a few seats there was but the main thing is angus robertson has left the building he has gone i don't know if he left his seat or whether he just crushed it beneath his massive bulk but uh he's gone uh, the people of murray decided that uh, he didn't speak for them remember when he stood up in parliament i had a rant about it way back he stood up in parliament and said the scottish people the Scottish people, all of them, because he'd spoken to them all, apart from his own, his own constituents, obviously. Uh, the Scottish people didn't share Theresa May's views on Brexit. Well, I don't know about that, but certainly your constituents, Angus, have decided that uh, it's cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. And Alex Salmond has gone as well uh, from the Scottish Can political scene. Can you just say fill, fill in the, our American viewers on who yeah. these people are? Okay, Alex Salmond is leader of Scotland, was forgive me, leader of the Scottish National Party, uh, very successful leader of the Scottish National Party, brought us to the brink of independence, and then Nicola Sturgeon took over. And it was a lot slightly downhill from there on in. Um, he also took the Scottish National Party on a massive swing to the left. Uh, traditionally, the Scottish National Party were right of centre. As soon as Alex Salmond took over, the party took a massive swing to the left, and on the chase, Labour was, and they've not direction. stopped going in that direction. Um, so that's who Alex Salmond is. Angus Robertson was the lead spokesman for the SNP at Westminster. He was the, the leader of their group there at Westminster, and uh, he's gone. Uh, fairly articulate, uh, fairly decent in terms of being a politician, but uh, in terms of his views on liberty and his uh, views on free market economics, uh, pretty crap, to, okay. be, to be honest with you. So he's so, gone. I just want to say a little bit, because I was thinking about this yesterday, I really cannot believe how many people are still socialists. Uh, because, like, I could understand it 10 years ago because we didn't have as good access to information, yeah. but I really thought, like, I really believed all that stuff about um, people in third world countries being poor because we were rich in the West. I mm. thought there were, I thought the two were directly related. So, and I thought it was because of capitalism. But now that all the information's in, that we're actually helping them become richer, 
Mm. No, maybe through colonialism and some other things, we did set the third world back um, to uh, to a degree, and obviously our interventions in the Middle East yeah. have set that region back uh, economically, and some of our um, interventions. But their military interventions in South America might have set their economies back. But look, Chile had a fascist dictator, Pinochet, yeah. right, and they're still the most rich successful country in South America despite having a fascist dictator. What countries have recovered from socialism the way that Chile recovered from fascism? Mm. Or, say, or even Spain recovered from fascism. Or Germany recovered from fascism and losing two wars. It's like the socialist countries do not recover. Like, okay, I guess we will throw in an old flying ointment there. I guess uh, well, Russia. Okay, yeah, Russia. Okay, Russia, fair enough. And a couple of the... Ex but that's because they, they embraced free market economics. Right, right. Yeah. So now the argument is so fucking in for capitalism. I, I'm amazed at how many people still think that socialism is the answer. We'll never underestimate cognitive dissonance and never estimate socialist ability to constantly claim... I mean, remember how they used to go on about Venezuela? Mm -hmm. How it was a shining example? Because you go, can you give me an example of a socialist country? Well, Venezuela... They ain't saying that anymore, okay? And suddenly, guess what? Venezuela, that wasn't real socialism. Of course not. Right? Of course not. And it never fucking is. That's because there's no such thing as a square circle. Yeah. And socialism, as the socialists define it, defies the laws of economics. So you'll never see real communism because it's impossible the same way that a square circle is impossible. But what annoys me is how much intelligence do you need to get this basic point? See if only one person is allowed to provide a service and if you don't like it, you have to pay for it anyway. Yeah. How smart do you have to be to know that you're gonna get a shit service? It's not enough that the government uh, force you to pay for stuff. They also make it illegal for mm. other people to provide their own version of education, their own version of healthcare, their own roads and railways, their own security services, they, their own, well, now they let people do their own postal service and stuff like that, but they didn't used to. It's like, how much intelligence do you have to understand that if you're forced to pay for a product, whether you like it or not, you have no weight in that transaction and what you're going to get is going to be garbage. And I guess the, the only answer they have is, well, it's okay to have a bit of a worse service so long as everyone else gets it, so long as everyone gets it. Well, then why don't you just have the government provide it to the people who can't afford it? Yeah. Not rather than to everyone. Just have a very limited government and just say, okay, um, uh, 0.5% uh, 0 of GDP goes to the government, or 1% of GDP goes to the government and they spend it on the very poorest people in the society and give them vouchers so they can choose between their schools but and why, hospitals. Why does it automatically have to be government? You know, I'm tired, I, know, I, I absolutely tired of saying this to, to, to leftists. And go, who's going to look after the poor? Well, you are, right? Who's stopping you? How would a capitalist society stop you from looking after oh, the well, poor. I don't have the resources. Okay, what about you and all your rich people? Yeah, all right, okay. The rich people have too uh, much right. of the resources. They've got all the pie. Yeah, they've got all the pie. Okay. So that's that's the one that's hard, kind of hard to get around. Well, how do you right, okay? How do you answer this, Anthony? Right, because we've 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 made the the, the the assertion, and I believe it's true that you know the, the socialists are forever going. That wasn't real socialism. That wasn't real socialism. That wasn't real socialism. 
However, they make the counter-attack that we, whenever they, they point out, you know, Britain, America, and we say, well, that's not real, that's not real capitalism. Well, well, I think the difference is we can actually measure how free or unfree an economy is. We just okay. go, well, how many regulations are there? How easy is it to start a business without jumping through red tape? Um, how, you know, etc. Whereas their metrics on what real socialism is are very arbitrary. Mm. Whereas we have very specific measures, right? Can you cut someone's hair without having a hairdresser's license? If yes, then it's a free market. If yeah. no, it's not a free market. Yeah. You know, if you're allowed to trade with any currency you like, then it's more of a free market. If the government is not controlling the interest rates, which of course it is, then it's not then 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 yeah. it's more of a free market. We can actually point to what makes it not real capitalism. We don't actually have to rely on having an integrist ruler. You know, the socialists really need to get a good guy in government. Well, that's a big risk, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't need we don't need the right person in government. We're saying that the government should step out. So yeah. so we can we can accurately measure how capitalist or not capitalist an economy is, mm -hmm. but their metrics are so arbitrary. So that's my response to that. Yeah. Can, I, can I throw out another question to, to, to mm -hmm. the libertarians? How many times do your leaders and your parties have to boot as Kaz Paul, you know, our libertarian guy in Fife, has quite adroitly pointed out, how many times does the leadership of your party have to boot you right in the peas before you'll say, okay, enough's enough. You know, this best of a bad bunch bullshit, this kind of, you know, I'm not gonna waste my vote, you know. Uh, now the wasted vote syndrome. The wasted vote syndrome has fucking resulted in more shit governments than anything else, I, I guess. Um, so how many times does that have to happen? What are you going to do about it? You know, on your watch, Theresa May introduced and tried to introduce some of the most illiberal legislation possible. What did you do about it? Better. You know, I don't know if you have you ever been hit with a stiff letter. It's pretty oh, sore. Yeah. Right. The, the thing is, it's like... Well, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're I think do I'm going nothing. to join the Mafia and try and reform them from inside. You know, yeah. the Mafia actually... You'd do, actually have more success. The, the, the Ma Mafia do a lot of charity work. They do. They do. And they started out as a charitable uh, organization. Yeah, I mean, I so, believe, so you know. maybe we can turn them into the United Way. Well, but, yeah, why, why start high? You know, start with small steps. Yeah. Start with something easy, like joining the Mafia right. and getting them to change. Right, and, and then it, after you've done that, maybe then you can join the Conservative Party and try and get them to change. You know, don't that's pine sky. Join the mafia first and get them to change. That's much easier than, than getting the Conservative the Party. To so change. what we'd like, what I'd like to say about and we get, would you agree with me? We give the Conservatives far too easy a ride in the Libertarian movement. Well, yeah, for me personally, I coming from the left, right under Bush in that uh, when I became a Libertarian. Uh, I don't think I did until he finished his tenure. Okay. But let's say under at least the first four or six years of Obama, I really still believe that the right were the biggest threat to liberty. And you know, even the Anne Rand Institute, her terrible on foreign policy, even after 9-11, believed the right were a bigger threat to liberty than mm. the left because of their religiosity and their desire to, you know... Put the world to rights. Yeah. 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 But... but um, but then as things wore on, it, I've, 
I, you know, I talk a lot about you know socialists being economically illiterate yeah. because it seemed to be that the social justice warrior class and economically illiterate people uh, are a massive threat to li our economic liberty, no question. So from that, we've been giving the right an easy ride, I would say. Um, yeah. and, and that's just because there's an alliance of convenience yeah. against the social justice warrior elements and the worst um, central planning yeah. elements of the left. But yeah, the, the, the right have not, they've not championed capitalism. They have not, they've, they've they've not championed capitalism, and in Scotland they have not championed liberty. On Ruth Davidson's watch, the Tories abstained from the named person legislation. Named person, for those in America who haven't heard this before, named person was an act brought in by the Scottish National Party government uh, that want to give, every time you have a child, anybody in Scotland who has a child, you will have a state guardian, whether you like it or not. You don't have to have done anything. You're assumed guilty from, this, from the get-go. So you have a state guardian for your child will make sure that you as a parent are doing everything that the state thinks that you should be doing for that child. Now, that legislation went through and the Tories in Scotland, the Conservatives, bravely abstained. Shameful. Shame on you for that. Because, you know, what, here's what really annoys me about that. What you what you were doing, you go, well, why would they do that? Why would they abstain? I mean, I only think it's right and you think it's wrong, right? Why? You know, what's not to understand about that legislation? So what were you abstained for? They were waiting to see what way the wind was blowing. Oh, do the public like this legislation or are the public against this legislation? Mm. If the public like this legislation, if we come out against it, they might not vote for us. And that would be another reason for them not to vote for us. Have you ever heard the principles in the Scottish Conservative Party? Remember principles. Can you actually know? I mean, other than the principle of the union, which you just will not let go of, you just you hold on like a fucking tick, you know, like a bull terrier to the principle of the union. That's the only principle that you've actually got left, which is maybe why you fight for it so much. But other than that, you don't seem to have any principles other than get elected. And congratulations, you've got elected. Maybe it's to do with, uh, you know, Ruth Davidson's publicity stunts. You know, is there anything that woman won't do for a photo op, you know? Can you sit? Can you sit in the bull, love? Can you sit in the bull, Ruth? You know, can you get its cock? Can you look as if you're lighting it. That's lovely, lovely. Yeah, do it again, love. Yeah. Can you get your tits out, Ruth? Yeah. Sit in the tank, Ruth. Can you sit in the tank? Can you sit with this? Can you sit with a gun between your legs like a massive cock? Yeah, that's lovely. That is. Click, 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 click. Is there nothing that that woman will not do for a photo opportunity? Please, you know, if you've got any ideas, make a comment and say. What Ruth Davidson will not do for a photo opportunity? Because it doesn't seem to be anything. Anyway, there you that's, have that's, it. That's, that's so we, we love you, Ruthie. Before we go on, the to, one you wash you, Gary, me, or whatever it is you do in kickboxing. So, <laughs> so what we had here oh, was me. the the worst um, side of conservatism, which is basically um living up to the reputation of serving the interests of, of the rich and powerful and hating the poor. Um, they are bad on civil liberties, very, very bad. Mm. Um, they are terrible in foreign policy, but what do you expect from conservatives? And they're not championing capitalism. No. And that's what they're we have on the right. capitalism. You know, they talk about it as if it's, well, never yeah. they talk about it as if they're talking about masturbation right. or something, you know? Right. And on the left, we okay, but they don't want to centrally plan the economy. 
So if, right. there, if there's one saving feature they don't want to send for the pan economy. Apart from the banks. Apart from the banks. On the left, we have um, a card-carrying um, socialist, yeah. um, an old lefty yeah. who, okay, has got a good record on foreign policy and civil liberties, but let's say his... Um, Economic policies will send us back to. Sorry, I keep doing that. We've got a guest. I'm invited okay. guest. We've got a flying bird. So the question is: Will that is this almost is this hung parliament where the conservatives have to form a union, uh, a coalition yeah. with a small party? Is does that is that the best result that libertarians can hope for? Because maybe this will allow these two parties to moderate one another's excesses. Well, in theory, um, I don't know. Well, okay, you, you, actually, you could argue that the last coalition was successful, utilitarian-wise, you know? Uh, and I think a lot of people will probably be looking back at the Clegg-Cameron coalition as, as quite a successful time and not as bad as people thought it was. And people on the left, I think, will realise that, um, you know, the, the Lib Dems were able to rein in the... Could you not yawn? <laughs> Could you not yawn when I'm doing my fucking monologue or whatever it is the fuck I do? <laughs> Nothing personal. Right? Nothing personal. Fucking hell. Like, you know, that is right out of the order. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, just, I don't know. Don't even cover your mouth. I don't know. Walk away or something. That's, that would be slightly less embarrassing. Anyway, where was I? I've lost my train of thought now, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you think. Yeah, they, they reined in what the left would tear him. I would have liked more austerity, right? right. Proper austerity. I, do you not think that I was left with the impression that the Conservatives really were cutting things that were quite trivial in terms of spending, yeah. but but to the most vulnerable segments of society. Yeah, they're snipping they, around the edges. And they, but, but it, Let's say the the amount of money they snipped out of the debt. I think they increased the deficit, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So they increased the deficit. They increased public spending. So massive. So, but the cuts. But just they, not in the places yeah. where the lefties wanted it. Yeah, but the cuts that they made were to people Future who. Are, spending. Yeah, but they also did make cuts to people who were quite vulnerable and dependent on the welfare system. And I'm not against those cuts in the long term, but you have to allow for the third sector to start fulfilling those roles yeah. and have a transition because you know you can't just personally I don't think you can just leave the most fun and that that just made them unpopular and made it look like they were um relax you know they they really were uh living up to the reputation of hating the poor there's a lot of but, things but, that they could then... cut there's a lot of things that they could cut in fact they wouldn't even need to cut make big cuts if they liberalize the economy if you liberalize the provision of health care um so that private health care comes down in expense then more people will get a uh, private health care yeah. so it'll be less of a burden on the nhs if you liberalize the education sector of the economy more people will be able to afford private education mm. so less people will need public schools yeah. those are ways that you can actually lower spending without making brutal cuts okay but then david david cameron won his election uh, on the platform of austerity. On, on, on that platform of austerity you know so i don't think it's austerity itself i think there's all sorts of reasons why this vote's flitting about you know I don't agree that it's some sort of a uh, Ramoner, you know, Remainer backlash. Right. I don't think it's that. I just think 
there was a massive resurgence in the Labour Party. I think for the first time, a lot of students, a lot of young people came out and voted, possibly a lot of older people who were worried about uh, getting you know, their uh, benefits, benefits cut. Benefits cut. Um, I think what the Labour Party done is they mobilised. The right. Tory party didn't mobilise, no, they didn't took it for granted. That's what you did, you fucked it. You fucked it and you took it for granted. You thought, we're going to walk this. And, and that could, is always a bad mistake. If they fought the fight, then they could have wiped the floor with the, the Labour Party. They missed their opportunity. Yeah, they didn't turn up to the fight. They didn't. So, or to rather, Theresa May didn't turn up to the fight. Is there anything And else? I think she was badly advised. And I think her advisors at least must go. Whether she goes or not, I don't know. Um, I heard an extraordinary interview on uh, Radio 4 this morning with a former um, cabinet secretary. I can't remember the guy's name, forgive me, because uh, I wasn't going to talk about this. But he gave the most uh, an indictment of Theresa May that I have never heard a former cabinet, cabinet secretary make of a prime minister, a serving prime minister in my life. I mean, okay, he's a former cabinet secretary, but it was an absolute indictment. It was damning. I mean, the language that he used, uh, even uh, Jim Nochte, <laughs> Jim Nochte with his Nochtiness, uh, who is a veteran uh, BBC um, political pundit, was aghast at the things this guy said. Uh, and I, well, if I can find it for you while Anthony's on another one of his uh, monologues, uh, I'll do that because it's worth listening to and i think she has definitely fucked it i think this is the election that could it could end theresa may it could end brexit please god no but it could i think uh nicola sturgeon of the snp in scotland could go down in history as the woman who fucked independence i mean alex salmon in football terms basically got the ball right to the goal line without a goalkeeper and there's, there it is, hen, kick it in. Right. And she fucked it. I think it was five five years too early, the referendum. Yeah, could um, have been. Anyway, we, we wanted to speak, sorry, I didn't mean to say that dismissively, but we okay. did plan ahead to speak about um, Philip Davies. Phil Davis, and, the uh, legend. And we're going to have a guest, I think, joining us for 10 minutes to discuss uh, discuss it, but yeah. why? Because you're so. I mean, I was really pleased about this myself, but you you can fill them in because okay. this is something that Phil really Davis is. A, he's a Conservative MP uh, for Shipley East, I think it is in Yorkshire. Shipley, we call it Shipley in Yorkshire, and uh, he has a track record for being the most rebellious MP in Parliament. He has defied the Tory whip. Uh, you know, he's defied the party line over 250 times, wow. I think. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, he doesn't uh, give a mind. He, he says what he thinks. He with everything he has to say, but he says what he thinks. And he has got himself he got himself onto the Women's uh, women's Equality Committee. And, uh, he got Parliament. himself into the Women's Equality Committee. Committee in Parliament. He got himself onto that to the chagrin of many feminists, they were spitting nails over that and he got himself on it and he continually frustrates them. He has filibustered uh, for nine, up to 90 minutes to try and stop legislation going through, like uh, acts about, I mean, on, on paper, this legislation looks like, oh, who could disagree with that, you know, violence against women. Well, hang on a minute, surely violence against anybody is wrong, you know? So it kind of prioritizes the wrong way and he made that point. 
So he's made himself unpopular. He's a bit of a pantomime villain. The Women's Equality Party in the UK, that's a relatively new party, started by Stan Sandy Togsvig, who's a TV personality. Um, they put up their leader of the party, Sophie Walker, in his constituency. And at three o'clock this morning, I was listening, the Huffington Post was practically having parties and celebrating Phil Davis's demise. Uh, and guess what? It didn't happen. He retained his seat. So up yours, Huffington Post, and up yours, Sophie Walker, because you lost your deposit. She and I think we, deposit. I think we are ready for our guest. So she's uh, champing at someone, the bit to go on. I can someone see someone who has spoken to Philip Davies for her YouTube channel, The Liberty Bells. And um, my friend Elizabeth Hobson is here here to uh, discuss this with us and tell us what she thinks. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Noon, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm tired. I stayed up the whole All night watching right. the uh, election with um, with my mother-in-law, actually. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, it depends how how well you get on with your mother-in-law. Can uh, I just so say I don't know about Anthony, but I'm definitely not a gentleman. I don't own land and I don't have a coat of arms, and some people would say I'm not even a very nice guy. But there you go. I think he's nice. <laughs> he's not a very nice guy. You know how we feel about terms of endearment these days, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe you degrade us by calling us gentlemen. Next thing you'll, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, dear. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I may be a gentleman, but I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> so tell us, right, you, said, yeah. you said you were, you, you weren't, you weren't like, I was like, I have to say, I thought that Sophie Walker is a pernicious person and for that reason, I was happy that she lost her deposit. But you said you weren't celebrating with any Schadenfreude about it, and why is that? Oh no, I lied. It was absolute Schadenfreude, absolute. All right. Oh, you were being sarcastic. I absolutely loved it. I, I've been like trolling all kinds of feminists online, just saying 1.9% hashtag slow clap. But yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I was taking part in um, a group discussion on Facebook and. When the Huffington Post started calling his defeat, and everyone yeah. on Twitter was going crazy with it, and I, I was just like, anymore? Did they take it down? I was like, I kept refreshing the BBC page, and I was like, nothing is showing on the BBC page. There's nothing showing. There's nothing yeah. showing, and I was still just a little bit hopeful. And then when the news broke, I was just absolutely yeah, great made up. It's yeah. That but was the most depressing news of the night. Well, not news. Yeah, the depressing thing of the night for me was actually read, when I read that Huffington Post thing and they were all celebrating. I was like, oh, God, please no, not Phil. Uh, but when I found out that he actually retained his seat this morning, I was so happy. Not so much for him, but just the, to, just the Huffington Post. You know, if ever, you know, do not count your chickens before they hatch. I wonder, has the Huffington Post ever heard of that expression? I bet you they fucking know it now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Elizabeth, you've well, been... Well, it's been a complete defeat of the mainstream media as well, though, because the mainstream media has been absolutely relentless in their attacks on him, calling him misogynist yeah. and yeah. the terrible things that he's done, many of which are actually libertarian things. Yeah. So mm. he's, like, campaigned, you know, he's spoken out against the minimum wage, mm -hmm. particularly yeah. against the minimum wage for disabled people who might not be able to yeah. have yeah. that kind of value to a company. Right. Yeah, but when the press reports that, what they'll say is Phil Davis comes out against minimum wage for disabled people, and people think, what a bastard. Yeah. You know, they don't say, well, minimum wage for disabled people because it means less disabled people will actually be able to find jobs. 
Right. You know, they don't explain that. So, Elizabeth, you speaking about mainstream media slandering, you've got some pretty bad heat um, from media recently. I mean, you've been called like a right-wing extremist, and I wow, mean, I have to say, I, I, I have to say, you look pretty extreme. I'm not going to lie. You do look pretty extreme. I can just see, you know, uh, you kicking the crap out of um, an ethnic minority. Sorry? I said I'm a Kekistani FSS officer. Right, exactly. Oh, right, okay. So tell us a little bit about that and what... what basically, what um, a, an outlet called Hope Not Hate, who are basically right. the friendly face of Antifa uh, over okay. here, right. um, have put out an article Davies for his to extreme far right people such as ladies for Philip Davies um, <laughs> friends and it's like this article that goes into all this guilt by association because we've done talks at various places and we've met various people at various times mm. I mean and shock horror you give a presentation quotes from us because there are no quotes from there us that are yeah. right. that we're far right I mean but there's no comment on it we, we responded to him the day it came out, and he won't publish that. So we've written him a letter, which we're going to publish on a blog publicly. And just we're just sending something off to Heat Street as well. The Guardian have been in touch. But when they got a response from us, I think they were hoping that we were going to say, I was going to say, oh, yes, I am an emerging voice of the far right, actually. <laughs> Seems to have yeah. lost interest when I yeah. didn't. And the, here's the thing, it's like you had the audacity I don't, you, to give a presentation suggesting that parents should not be slicing parts of their infant's penises off, you know, and apparently that was a point of contention for this poster that you'd given a talk Ooh, against circumcision. Anti-Semitic. <laughs> right. Um, he, used, he used that and um, yeah. our anti-feminism as like um, pejoratives. Yeah, but I mean, there's being anti, like, what what does that even mean like oh she's an anti-feminist it's like going oh that person is a you know what, what why is the presumption that that is a bad thing like well because the presumption is that feminism is a good, good thing. thing right so who would and and it's about equality and therefore anybody who'd be against that must do be you say that you're evil. an anti-feminist or a non-feminist um, the group is mixed, but I say I'm an anti-feminist, okay. and I say that because I'm a men's rights activist in a hurry. Okay. Feminism is being the major block to equality, and you okay. see that, you know, in pieces of legislation like the Istanbul Convention, which was a completely feminist piece of legislation. Okay. And thank God we've got Philip there to, you know, yeah. tell the truth about these things, because he's the only man who will. And I would like to make a point. You said he filibusters, but he doesn't. It's actually illegal to filibuster in the House of okay. Commons. You have to talk on the on the topic without repeating yourself, or the speaker will ask you to sit down. Right. Okay. But so, but it's still kind of filibuster. I mean, we're, aren't we splitting hairs here? I don't know. Filibustering in the states is like you can stand there and read the phone book. All right. Right. And you can't do that, and you can't do that in the UK, probably. So nothing like. Can it? All right. So I just lost you there for a bit. Can, can I ask you, as a as a libertarian myself, I find, and I, and I, I follow the the, the, men, the manosphere, but I find the concept of men's rights as absurd as I find the concept of women's rights. I think there are only individual rights, and they are universal. Would you agree with that? 
Yes, I would agree with that. Um, however, I would say that um, men as a demographic are lacking in some rights. And so, you know, like up until the 60s, women were lacking in some political rights. And so there was a women's liberation movement, although it's always been slightly toxic because there's always been two sides to it. Mm -hmm. um, I see a need for the men's rights movement because men are lacking in some rights. Or I mean, they are and they aren't, because if you look at circumcision, circumcision is illegal in the UK. It's been illegal since the Offences Against the Person Act 1861, but the CPS just turn a blind eye. Okay. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Well, circumcision is a bigger subject. Yeah, yeah. I think we need, we need equality in the administration of the law rather than... In fact, we have a libertarian who uh, uh, who's a friend of ours um, and has defended circumcision um, in the group once. I didn't take the conversation to the Senate, but perhaps we can bo have both of you on one, one of these days to discuss it and uh, we'll moderate. Um, but yeah, we'll have to get you on this show for, we'll have to get a whole show for you with you one one of these days, Elizabeth. Um, you should tell everyone where they can find your media and your YouTube channel. Okay, um, yeah, our YouTube channel is called The Liberty Bells. And the, the, the is very important because if you just look up Liberty Bells, you get some cheerleaders. Right, right. Well, that's not so bad. That's, well, yeah, it's not, it's not a the worst thing you could get. <laughs> there's only one video. Oh, no, there's two videos, I think, on our channel at the moment. Um, and on Facebook, we've got a page under Liberty Bells, and we've got one under Ladies for Philip Davies. Fun. Okay, great. And you've got an interview with Philip Davies on your channel for anyone who wants to follow that up. And Tom actually uh, strolled on to that interview and emailed it to me, um, not realizing that we were already pals. And so that just shows that you're getting out to people already. Okay, so thanks for joining us, however briefly, and um, I'm sure we'll have you for a longer visit in the future. Pleasure to with you yeah you too thanks you too. thanks bye so is there anything yeah. that you'd like to discuss before we wrap up the show for today well i just wanted to discuss what if, if i do go into the liberty bells and get cheerleaders is it going to be male or female cheerleaders because george w bush was a cheerleader and i think that i find the thought of that quite horrific um or anyway so they've got that saying well yeah uh just finally on the phil davis thing for me uh we haven't done our cuckle doodle dude for a while cuckle doodle dude and uh, my cuckle dude my nomination for cuckle doodle dude uh for this week drum roll maestro please is uh david lammy mp david uh, lammy mp yeah david lammy uh david lammy I've got, his, I've got his Wikipedia page here. David Lyndon Lamy is a British Labour Party politician uh, who has been Member of Parliament for Tottenham since 2000. Uh, I believe he took over from a guy called Bernie Grant. For those of you who don't remember Bernie Grant, Bernie Grant was a lovely old man who said that all white people are racist. Um, and I think that uh, David Lamy is much in this, the same mold as, uh, as, as, as Bernie Grant. Um, however, my beef with them is um, when it was announced wrongly 
by the Huffington Post, amongst others, uh, that Phil Davis had lost his seat in Shipley. Um, David Lammy tweeted, uh, and this is David Lammy's tweet, apparently Philip Davis is in trouble in Shipley. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. Women and everyone who isn't a sexist bigot rejoice. Okay, uh, I hope you can qualify that, uh, David. I mean, if I was uh, Phil Davies, I'd, I'd, I'd look at slander or defamation, whatever it is. I think. And by the way, uh, David Lammy's got previous uh, for uh, for tweeting things. Um, he he lambasted the BBC in a tweet once saying that they made a, a veiled racist joke about the colour of the, when they elected the new Pope, about the colour of the smoke. New Pope, will it be black smoke or will it be white smoke? And people uh, educated them that that's normal procedure in the Catholic Church, that they have black smoke uh, if they have, uh, if they, if they've elected the Pope and white smoke, if they have, is it, or is it the other way around? But anyway, they do something with the smoke. And uh, if the Pope gets elected, they change the colour of the smoke and it's black or white. And David Lammy just waded in right away, completely ignorant, okay, even though he's went to Harvard, okay, I don't know a fuck if he's went to Harvard, Cambridge, and Oxford, okay, if you have no self-awareness, you're a fucking idiot in my book. So, uh, so he, David he, Lammy. So David Lammy, uh, just for your, your comments about Phil Davis, you yeah, are my cuckoldiddle-doo uh, for this week, and, this week. and uh, hopefully maybe you can even get cuckoldiddle-doo of the year, but you're up against some stiff opposition, I'll tell you that now. There you go. So, with that said, we've lambasted the right, we've lambasted the left. And even those in the middle. And even those and in even the middle. And even some libertarians. Because you need to just turn your back and walk away yeah. from this corrupt political spectrum. We need a political spectrum that um, yeah. that measures things in terms of liberty versus non-liberty, and then we can have a proper fucking discussion, yeah. not to um, to ganging up against the um, against liberalism, basically. Yeah. So, what are the prospects for liberty for the UK? Is there any hope? Is there any hope that this uh, coalition of anti-human uh, lefties and righties, anti anti-human greenos, people who want us to be children for our whole lives, people who aren't in, interested in creating a society that can empower people to be independent. No, no, don't want independent. People. Do we have any hope? Will this, will this in any way produce um, us a swing back? Uh, and, a, and a grassroots desire for more liberty, free markets, um, non-interventionist policy, and civil liberties. Okay. Um, well, hope springs eternal. Um, however, I am not. Uh, I'm not optimistic. I don't think so. I, I even as a libertarian, I look. I'm, I'm a libertarian because I believe it's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't think this libertopia. Uh, is going to, I hate that word actually, because we don't believe in utopias. Utopias are a bad thing, okay? But this libertarian uh, world that we all crave, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to go from bad to worse. I think all we can, I personally think all we can hope to do is hold back the tide, fight the good fight, and try and preserve liberty for as long as we can. And so that in the years to come, maybe when they dig up the remains of our civilization, they can say, 
these people fucked. You know that bit at the end of Planet of the Apes, you know, when the uh, Charlton Heston's yeah. going, you fucked. Well, he doesn't say you fucked up. You know, yeah. you, you, blew it all up. you blew it up. You blew it up. So when they find the ruins of a civilization, and it's good. What did was anybody kicking and screaming against this? Was anybody trying to fight against this? And they'll hopefully be able to history will record that libertarians were fighting against it, that spoke out against it and tried to turn back the statist uh, illiberal tide that's engulfing us. Um, and I would also just urge everybody out there that listens and uh, anybody that you know, don't take anything that we say for granted here. Uh, do your own homework, you know, get online, sure. check it out, check out Phil Davis, check out Libertarianism, check out some Bastia as a Libertarian, you know, check out everything we say, yeah. you know, and if we're wrong on anything, we're happy to be corrected, leave your comments below. Yeah. And, and please, if you're a regular listener, I want to ask you a question, please do check out, identify your favorite episode of this show and send it to a couple of people who haven't heard it before. Yeah. We used to be doing above 500 hits a week on SoundCloud and it's come down from there a lot, yeah. which I don't know why, because I think the show is getting better and better. So please don't, if you love this show, please yeah. don't keep it to yourself. Don't, sure. don't tune in every week and dig it, but not share it. Mm -hmm. Like share the show. And um, we'd like to get more high profile guests yeah. on for you. And Tell us what you like, what you don't like, yeah. who you'd like to see on the show. We very rarely hear from you, but we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at scottishlibertypodcast at gmail.com telling us what you like and what you don't like. Um, on that optimistic note that you left everyone out there with, be libertarians, don't be a lefty. And don't be a righty anymore either. <laughs> see you later.